recorded that. <laughs> We're professionals, I swear. <laughs> oh, I don't have a witty intro this time. I'm sorry. I did this to you and I love it. Yeah. I've just been an ostrich with my head in the sand this entire like last couple of weeks. Well, get ready, Jackie, because it's time to drag your head out and talk mm. about Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey there, romance nerds. Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. The genre, the tropes, anything and everything. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue just a general trigger warning for some of the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! Hey, Jackie. Huh? Do you know how Fifty Shades of Grey could have improved as a title? How? If they had added 19 more shades. (laughs) Oh, like 69. Okay, we're good. I got you. I got it. Math. (laughs) I gotta wake you up a little bit. Oh, I've already had two coffees. Oh, by the way, my name is no longer Jackie. It is Kathy, according to Starbucks. Ugh, Kathy. Yeah, I, I don't even look like a Kathy. Kathy and Jen doesn't sound as good as Jackie and Jen. All right. Um, we're freeforming this this week. So. so I am <laughs> very excited to be freeforming. I'm very excited to be covering this. Like okay. we talked about last time, this is my first time having read Fifty Shades and really exploring yeah. it deep. And I love that I'm putting Jackie through this torture. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Dom right now. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Oh, easy killer. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. That's okay, Jackie. I feel like that's going to happen a lot because Jackie was not happy. I am very happy to be talking about Fifty Shades. It is a massive cultural phenomenon, and I think it would have been remiss of us to skip it, no matter how Jackie feels about it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to apologize in advance to Jackie because I feel like we have very different feelings about Fifty Shades. So I'm hoping you guys are going to be in for a good discussion. So I think, yeah, let's start with like initial feelings after rereading and slash you reading for mm-hmm. the first time. So for me, I've pretty much made it clear that I I don't like Fifty Shades. Uh, from the get-go, I do not like it. Well, okay. I liked it the first time I read it, kind of, because I hadn't read anything better. How young were you? Uh, freshman year of college, I was 18. Okay, so you were kind of experiencing was- the opposite of what Anna was going through. And rereading it, I... I've read a lot of really good things since then, and especially a lot of really good things with really strong female heroines. And for me to read this was just, it was so painful. And I groaned so loud at one point, (laughs) like the first time they had sex, I read it and I groaned so loud that my dog looked at me. She's like, are you okay? 
what's the matter, mom? And I was like, I'm sorry, it's this book. And she goes, oh. So do you think it's just because of your reading experience? Do you think some of it has to do with age or having grown up? Do you think you, because you appreciated it more when you were 18. Yeah. And I think it was also because at the time I really hadn't read I'd read historical, like we said in the last episode, mm-hmm. I had read historical before I had read some contemporary, but nothing really quote unquote of this caliber, mm-hmm. I guess we can say. Okay. What about you? What did you think of the first time? So since this is the first time. I think probably my favorite thing was knowing how much it tortured you. <laughs> I think it was my favorite thing. And then I had given myself a guess that I would probably be kind of like, eh, about it. And honestly, that's still kind of true. It was kind of like, okay. eh. Like, there was stuff I really liked, there's stuff I'm excited to talk about, and there's stuff that I really despised and pulled my hair out over, and I had to, like, text you really angrily at 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning when I was reading it. How many texts did you wake up to? A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I think it said 31 at one point. Well, it's not as bad as when I read Flame in the Flower. No. Flame in the Flower was, like, 200. You woke up. Yeah. I, okay, so I will say this is nowhere near as bad as Flame in yeah, the Flower. I think that was my thing. I think after hearing about how bad this book was for 10 years, I came in with just low expectations, like scraping mm-hmm. the Earth's core low. I just... <laughs> so it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And I think that's why I can be a little like, eh, whatever. It's very much a baby's first dark romance. That was my first yeah. thought about it. It's not necessarily all the way. I mean, I've definitely read a lot darker things. Okay. I will say I am surprised that this did manage to get under the mainstream kind of umbrella of romance. And I think, too, that was E.L. James pushing it yeah. towards mainstream. Because we talked in the last episode about how she didn't want it categorized as erotica or even necessarily as romance. She wanted it to be contemporary fiction and for it to be marketed as such. And to be fair, it's really not erotica. I, it's you, not. You can maybe say erotic fiction, like erotic romance. Which has maybe less a uh, kind of hold on the journey of, of sex. Um, I saw I liked one reviewer's point where if you take all the sex out of Fifty Shades, it's still a story. But it definitely is, should not be anybody's first exposure. I think to erotic fiction, erotic romance. Mm-mm. No, I guess it, it's okay just because it is so faint. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take the Christian Grey kind of craziness out of there, I guess it's like a safe way. It's not ridiculously mean. I think that's what mm. I'm always worried about. I don't want people new to erotic fiction, erotica, whatever. I don't want it necessarily to be like a like super mean, severe, uh, over intense kind of experience. I think that's a little better to ease into. And for those who never plan on reading Fifty Shades, we'll just like give a really brief overview so that you guys kind of know what's going on. <laughs> Um, so this is a trilogy, as we've said before. First book, Fifty Shades of Grey, we're introduced to Anastasia Steele, aka Anna with one N. And she is a senior at Washington State University, majoring in English. And when her roommate, a journalist, Kate, falls sick, she goes and interviews Christian Grey, a Seattle businessman, and Oh, this is bad. Is he a billionaire or a millionaire? Yeah, he's a billionaire. Okay, so he's a billionaire. Billionaire at 27, which, by the way, is a dumb thing to do. If I had a librarian project, I would not send my best friend who is not a librarian. Anna just goes in blindly to this interview and has no idea. It's hilarious. She, like, trips and falls as she's walking into the interview. It's very much, like twilight with what the apple or something i don't even remember but so she gives the interview and the part that everybody hates is she asks him are you gay oh i'm sorry that's on the list of questions (laughs) you're doing an interview you think you would read over everything before but anyways christian is apparently 
enamored of her and he thinks that she is adorable and he starts stalking her (laughs) Um, Uh, he calls it research yeah he's stalking her a trigger Mm. warning sorry by the way stalking um he follows yeah he doesn't necessarily follow but he shows up at her workplace which is like a three-hour drive from his home by the way so she gives the interview he stalks her and he ends up buying like really weird things according to her so he buys zip ties rope and duct tape this is a real question yes is that really where people in bdsm get their stuff I... like do they go wholesale at the local hardware store <laughs> if they're on a I budget i just feel like i feel like you would buy that stuff online where i'm sure it's it's created specifically for those purposes oh, yeah. i don't know if i would trust zip lines i would just buy in walmart i mean listen in today's world of amazon you can find bondage gear all over amazon just just google it <laughs> Not on your work computer. I don't know. It's just really funny of me to think of like a budget conscious Don who, up, I better go get my my supply of rope at the hardware store because they'll overcharge me online. Here's the thing. It's just the point that he is stalking her. He is, yeah, okay, he, fine, fine. he's a billionaire. He can afford like the nicest leather harnesses. Okay. He has a whole red room of pain and he goes and buys painter's tape for like a dollar fifty in, in his <laughs> store four hours away from his home. So dumb. Apparently, that was great. That's great for gagging, though. According to his uh, POV and future books. Ugh. Okay. So, yeah. you know, it's all it's, uh, purpose. Okay. He's a very practical man. He's t- killing two birds with one stone, stocking and stocking up. <laughs> all right. But so moving forward with the story, Christian kind of just like he's into her, but he doesn't want to be into her. And then she, like, their relationship develops pretty much. And Christian, I can't be with you, but I want to be with you, but I can't be with you. I, You can't handle the, you can't handle the truth. And she's like, no, I can. So eventually he sets forth a contract, an NDA with her that outlines the uh, parameters of their relationship. And it is, I hate it. I hate it so much. Well, but if you don't do dating, what else is there? Listen, he tells her when and what she can eat. Mm-hmm. That is the foundations of disordered eating. Sorry, trigger warning. This is like one of my big problems with the book. <laughs> um, I think. Go ahead. I wish she had made it clearer with the food list and with the trainer earlier that it was for a health thing. It was for a stamina thing. Because when I first read it, I was wondering if this was part of his control freakness of like, oh, it is. This is how you're gonna look. It completely. Yeah, but is. later in the books, I think he does make it clearer that oh no, this is so you can keep up with me. Yeah, but, but listen, it comes from an issue of psychological need to control everything and anything around him because Christian Grey is a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And that is it. He, yes, he has a tortured it's- background. He is not a good person, but he controls every single thing around him. He even says it himself. He is a control freak. And yeah. for him do you to like yourself to be a narcissist. No, I don't know. I don't, I didn't get narcissist. Vibe. I've definitely everything else that therapist said, but he is, he is a narcissist. He okay. is a control freak narcissist. But anyways, moving on. Anna reveals that she's never been in a relationship before and never had sex. And so Christian is like, oh, you're a virgin. Oh, well, well then we just have to go screw it out pretty much. And so, you know, they have sex. After they have sex, she signs the contract. Things happen. More things happen. And at the end, they break up because of misunderstandings. Basically. Basically. She asks him to punish her because she knows this is something that's really important to him. 
And it's something that she has a very hard limit on. So she wants to try it. So she's like, all right, just belt me six times. Well, he picks the number and it's not anything she can handle. Yeah. And she's very much like, I don't want this, but you want this. So I just have to leave. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Which good for her for leaving that, you know. Um, so then in Fifty Shades Darker, it picks up pretty much like right after everything goes down. By this point, Anna has graduated. She's working or she just starts working at Seattle Independent Publishing, SIP. So she's moved to Seattle. She's in Christian Gray's neighborhood and she's the personal assistant to Jack Hyde, which I only just realized this. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. It took me until now to realize it. Yeah. She was not a great writer. No. Not at all. Um, but so Jack is not a cool dude. He's he has no chill. Um, and talk about me too issues right here. Yeah. So he continues to ask Anna out. She continuously turns him down, feels uncomfortable in the workplace, all this sort of stuff. But she's told, you know, don't don't file a sexual harassment, anything. You don't want to lose your job. This is like the dream job. Whatever. Um, and then Christian begins emailing her again and they reunite. And they end up getting back together after Christian buys portraits of Anna that were painted by her former friend, Jose, who, by the way, tried to hook up with her when she was drunk. The photographer. The photographer. Yeah. And he took pictures of her without her knowing, which is so creepy. I hate it. Yeah. There's not a lot of male representation in this. No, not at all. But Christian is like so miserable without her. It's been the worst five days of his life since they broke up. And he agrees that he's going to try to give her more because she really wants the hearts and flowers. She does not want a solely sub-dom relationship. She wants the girlfriend experience. Yeah, she wants so vanilla. he agrees that he's going to try. He's going to see what he can do to keep her in his life because he's just that desperate. Yep. Um, and then he reveals that he actually bought her job. <laughs> he bought SAP. <laughs> yeah, he and he is her uh, boss. It was, it was a great investment. Yeah. <laughs> it was also a way to keep an eye on her. And uh, understandably, she gets really mad, which is, yeah, go, Anna. You should be mad because basically, you know, you're working for your boyfriend. And um, also more stalkerish and controlling domineering behavior when he has to control even her place of work. Yeah. So um, a lot of stuff continues to go down with Jack. He ends up blackmailing Anna because he knows that Christian is her boyfriend and he demands sexual favors. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's how it goes. Um. And then he kidnaps her or attempts to kidnap her. And but because her stepfather is ex-military, she she knows some moves and she's able to escape. And then Christian fires him and confiscates his work computer and Anna is made boss. <laughs> I mean, it's quite the the rags to riches story. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's OK. Yeah, this is exactly what I want. Dream job like two months, not even two months out of college. Perfect. Let's do it. Uh, more than anything else, that's the most unrealistic thing about Seriously. Fifty Shades. Seriously. So Forget everything else. <laughs> um, and then we meet Elena Lincoln, who is the woman who introduced Christian to BDSM style when he was 15. Yeah. See, this is the, my problem with the book. But continue. We'll, we'll go back to Elena. Um, but then Anna is continuously stalked by Layla Williams who is one of Christian's former subs yeah she's really obsessed with Christian doesn't understand why Anna is the one to have captured his heart and to make him different it's honestly a really sad situation I mean this woman has had a psychotic break so she is following Anna around she's following Christian around she's breaking into the, the apartment she has a gun it's honestly pretty sad and she needs some help I mean 
it's it's sad that this is kind of a plot point that I don't I don't know how well it was handled, but it you know in the movie for another time. the visuals of this in the movie were like very stark where she breaks okay. in and she's holding Anna at gunpoint and Christian says kneel and she just like automatically yes master and like drops to her knees and bows her head like position that Gray has yeah. been trying to teach Anna this entire time and he ends up getting Anna away from the apartment and we find out later he gave her a bath he called Dr. Flynn the therapist Anna gets very very jealous and insecure yeah. which is just so frustrating to me I will save that rant I will come back to Layla because this whole scene yeah. is frustrating. Layla. Yeah. But yeah, basically Christian takes care of her because I think he feels very guilty mm-hmm. that aside from kind of ruining this girl, he also put Anna in danger. I should also say that Layla and Anna could be like twin sisters. Yeah, he's got a type and we will... Because <laughs> of the... are going to love why. Language. Sorry, language. Because of the crack whore. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Okay. But then, so the story continues where um, they start planning for Christian's birthday party. He ends up going up in a helicopter and it crashes and he's worried and he's proposed to her, but she hasn't accepted the proposal. And now she's like, well, he's gone and I never said yes, but don't worry. He's fine. He shows up and she's like, oh my God, I'll marry you. I'm sorry. At his birthday party kind of all comes to light. Kate, who is the journalist's best friend roommate from the first story and still her roommate in the second story. Finds out about the contract and about the relationship. Oh, Kate is now dating Christian's brother, by the way. Oh, what's a tangled web we weave. Anna and Christian announce their engagement. Elena, like, confronts her, Anna, and says that Anna is only interested in Christian's wealth, that she will never satisfy Christian. You know, she can never be what Christian actually needs. And Christian's mom overhears everything. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Elena is Christian's mom's friend. Yes. Like, so it's just a whole mess of realizing that one of your friends has sexually abused your son since he was 15 and has, like, this weird hold on him. And she's trying to ruin this relationship now with the, the woman you actually do like. Mm-hmm. And Christian hasn't said anything about this the entire 10 years since it's happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it ends up being a very strange confrontation. But it's not, for me, it's not fully satisfied, mm-hmm. personally. And... Christian Gray has this opinion that Elaine saved him, that by introducing him to BDSM, sexually abusing him, raping him, grooming him, she saved his life and made him the man he is. Which is a common enough outcome for a grooming situation. A lot of times the victim of that will be thankful for their, for the person who hurt them. So he's very much still in that mindset. He does finally agree to cut her off though, because she won't leave anastasia alone Mm -hmm. so he ends up choosing anastasia over elena but it's not over unfortunately until the third book Mm -hmm. um and so the story ends where anna you know officially accepts the proposal oh by the way they go out to the boathouse and have like really steamy sex in the boathouse yeah there's a lot of sex there's i mean that's a lot (laughs) and it's more like the quote-unquote vanilla but he still like ties her hands behind her back or whatever he doesn't like to be touched yeah exactly his scars um and then meanwhile outside of the mansion there's a mysterious figure watching from the bushes dun 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 (laughs) it's jack hyde and he's the one who sabotaged christian's helicopter suspense music i will say that the second book even though it has some unbelievable situations and some parts that I really hate, is I like it better than the first. The second's my favorite out of all the okay. three. Yeah, fair enough. So I do like they're 
they can be really cute together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they obviously have a lot of fun together. He really seems to just want to give her everything and give her all these experiences and all this wealth and all this stuff. I mean, sure, the second one's my favorite, I'll be honest. And I appreciate a man who crawls back after being dumped, so I especially loved that. Yeah, seriously. Um, One of my favorite things. So the third one opens up, they are married, which we don't get a wedding scene. Yeah, that's annoying. I hated the chronological lackness of this. That's not real. (laughs) But she starts off with them on their honeymoon and kind of goes back and forth between the marriage and then arguments about the prenup and you she alludes to fights about the obeying part in the vows Mm -hmm. it would have been a lot easier if she just started from yeah fine whatever she's trying to do something cool with her writing and it doesn't well again also it's remember twilight fanfic and twilight we do get a little bit of the wedding but it does pretty much exact Mm -hmm. like fast forward right to the honeymoon too so of course they're having a lot of sex on their honeymoon whatever it's just kind of like we don't get a lot besides the fact that they went to Europe and it was gorgeous. Yeah. They're like in a little happy bubble together and they don't want the outside world to intrude, but it is coming. Yes. And everything's going to burst. So they get back home to Seattle and Christian, you know, he wants Anna to run the publishing business. She's like, okay, I'll be boss lady. So, okay. Anna gets the job. She's really super kind of excited. She's still very nervous. She doesn't really want to be the boss. Christian convinces her, though, to become the creative director. She really wants to go out and see Kate. She hasn't seen Kate in forever. She's so excited. So she wants to see Kate. And Christian's like, please go home to the apartment. I don't want to tell you what's going on. That's why I'm frustrated with him. There's so much miscommunication in this book. He doesn't tell her that she is in danger and that there's people who are after him. So he's just like, just go home. And almost immediately after she agrees, she then is like, all right, Kate, let's go out. (laughs) So they go out, they have fun, they dance, they're out for a couple hours. And by the time they get home, they realize that Jack had been waiting for them at the apartment. And they are able to secure Jack. Jack is arrested, but it looks like Jack did intend to kidnap Anastasia and God knows what to do with her. He had a van full of a mattress and tranquilizers and other Mm. things so christian is really really furious i don't think he has been as mad at anna any other time as this time because on one hand she did save herself she didn't go to the apartment where jack was waiting but she did disobey a direct order and he just is really wanting to punish her but she doesn't want to be punished and he's got like this internal thing back and i just got so ragey when you said that like i (laughs) i want to punch christian gray in the nuts so hard Uh, oh my god but anyways so christian's like okay well let's you me elliot my brother and kate his girlfriend your best friend let's go on a trip we just we need another trip in reality he's trying to get them away from like everything that's happening in seattle they get home and she realizes oh hey i feel kind of sick uh this is really strange i don't know what's going on with my stomach and she realizes that she has not gone to the gynecologist to get her depot shots depot yeah depot whatever and she is really instantly terrified because she and Christian do not want children yet. And at this point, she's only 22. Which, so also, her, she is having such, so here's psychology talk for you, fear reactions. And, like, continued yeah. fear and stress reactions. Every mm-hmm. single time Anna is, like, about to share news or about to tell something, she's scared of how Christian is going to react. Which is terrible and such a major red flag. Somebody searched in the book for keywords and one of the top sentences that occurred over and over Mm -hmm. again was something like, please don't be mad at me from her to Christian. Yeah. And then, of course, when she tells Christian, he flips out on her, accuses her of deliberately getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then he goes off. 
and then he, he comes away. back and he's drunk and he's like anna you should probably have an abortion he doesn't say that does he, he? insinuates it I don't know. See, because that was one of my notes was I don't understand why abortion couldn't have been a serious solution since neither of them want the kid yet. Because it's a very badly written romance novel. And obviously to perpetuate the patriarchal patriarchal agenda, she has to have a baby. Well, you know, I wonder. Well, and it's Twilight fan fiction, too. But I wonder, too, if it's so badly written that we both could have those two different perspectives Mm. where I'm like, oh, they don't bring up abortion at all. And I'm like. She's 22, and he, they clearly have so much still to go through and experience, like, have a kid later. So at the same time, when Christian is, like, really mad at her, they don't know what's going to happen, Jack calls Anna, and he tells her that he has Christian's sister, Mia, and if she doesn't get $5 million to him in two hours, he is going to do something terrible to her and then kill her. Mm-hmm. So... Anna freaks out. She loves Mia. She loves Christian. She doesn't want anything bad to happen in the family. She doesn't know what to do. So she runs away from work. She is able to get $5 million from the bank and he is instantly on the phone. Like, are you leaving me? Yeah. What is going on? And he finally is like, okay, just take the money. I take what, take everything. Um, I love you. Goodbye. And she lets him think that because she's so desperate to get him to keep him away because Jack has threatened that if the police know, if Christian knows, if anybody knows me is dead. So she gets to the location with the money she finds out unfortunately that one of the other employees of the company elizabeth was helping jack because he had all this blackmail on her and on other people Mm -hmm. jack is really a monster Mm -hmm. he they almost make him too villainish considering um, elena is right there yeah but jack is somebody who would film himself raping his pas Mm -hmm. and other women and then use that over him so yeah, people would investigate, oh, it's weird that he has so many PAs quit and leave, and the PAs would just be like, oh, he's so great, because you know, he's got this I just want to say, um, Detective Olivia Benson of Law & Order SVU would be on that, like, <laughs> mustard on a bologna sandwich, so. But she's at this parking lot, Jack goes crazy, he starts hitting her, he starts kicking her, very, very violent. Christian Grey does show up, but I do want to say, good job, Anna, she brought a gun. Mm-hmm. And she is able to shoot him above the kneecap. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, she's kind of almost a self-saving princess. I would have aimed not a little quite, further not, north, though. She was a li- she was on the ground. She did her best. I mean, I couldn't have shot anybody, so I'll <laughs> give her credit for that. And she is brought to the hospital where Christian is very apologetic. He's so horrified at himself. And he's very like, I almost lost you. I almost died. Uh, I'm so sorry about everything. I am excited about this baby. And they're able to kind of move on from it and go now into their their happily married life with happily had children. There is a really, I don't want to say really nice. There is a moment though, where Anastasia is coming in and out of consciousness and she hears Christian talking with his mother about Elena. And I think this is really where the book went South for me and where I hated the ending. There's just so much extra drama and all Mm -hmm. this unneeded angst Mm -hmm. that didn't need to be in the book. I I don't really understand E.L. James' point. Again, I think it's just bad writing or not being great at plotting. But they, Christian finally does like the barest minimum to acknowledge, you know? Yeah. Elena maybe wasn't correct now that I have a child and I'm trying to picture that child being confronted with that same kind of predator at 15. And he's still not over the line. And I do have a whole uh, rant I want to give about that. Mm -hmm. But it is at least a start and if i am gonna give her like the barest centimeter of an inch i'm like all right at least you have christian on a journey on the the beginnings of of realizing oh this is actually a monster and i should not be friends with her yeah yeah 
I wish that there had been, like you, I wish there had been more vengeance, more like of a comeuppance for Elena. I really wish she could have like been arrested or like she had somehow videoed something like Jack, Mm -hmm. like there had been a parallel there. I wish something like that could have happened, but no. So the book ends five years later, I think, Mm -hmm. and they've got their first child. She's pregnant again. They're just very happy. And that is how Fifty Shades ends with Christian finding a new coping method not wanting to punish her anymore they still have their their fun but it's not whips and chains so there's kind of our our overall <laughs> that was supposed to be a brief summation so, that took us a half hour <laughs> i don't yeah. i've got a lot i want to talk about so i want to i know we're kind of like geared up to talk about the stuff we hate but i do want to talk about the stuff that i actually like okay first just like get that out yeah, of the way go for it i so like i said last time i'm a huge fan of fan fiction and i actually kind of loved that it felt like fan fiction <laughs> on one hand i was really frustrated it felt like fan fiction because she made like a hundred million dollars on this <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of talk in the fan fiction community that she kind of borrowed stuff from other authors and she really just kind of compiled a lot of things that were really popular together in one work mm-hmm. so She's less a writer and more of a gatherer, as I said before. But I still liked that it was fanfiction. If I was reading this as a Bella Edward fanfic, I think I would have been kind of impressed with some of the, the changes she made and some of the the kind of little details she sprinkled in into it, like an all-human universe. No, you wouldn't have been. It was terrible. I tried to read it. I did. <laughs> I it? tried. I linked it in the last show notes. I'll link it again in this show note, like this these show notes. But it is legit like copy paste edward bella into a non-vampire world that's what it is but i mean that's kind of all twilight fanfic i mean okay i'm not this is not me shaming other twilight fanfics but it feels like a lot of twilight fanfiction is them putting edward and bella into an all human world i mean Mm. it's mostly au's like alternate universes okay i haven't read a lot of vamp maybe there's some stuff based on canon but it's not like those aren't the most popular Right? It's stuff mm-hmm. like The Office, which turned into Beautiful Bastard. It's oh, stuff God. like Master of the Universe, which turned into Fifty Shades of Grey. So I liked that aspect. I thought the banter was really cute. James is not great at writing plot. No. But I thought the emails were really funny. So this is actually one of the first books to use like an email or a texting exchange yeah, as just like really- main paragraph format. <laughs> 2011 was wild thinking about the tech they had back then and just i had a me i still have a me account so just being like oh my god remembering when i was beginning with the max and i did look it up they should have had iphones though iphones came out in 2006 i can't believe they're still using blackberry but blackberry at the time i remember 2011 everybody was like oh blackberry this blackberry that iphone wasn't that it was popular but it wasn't that popular it was crazy all the different models and it ended up just being really iphone and i guess now android but not much I had an iPhone pretty early because I used to go on walks mm-hmm. and my mother, it would drive my mother crazy when I wouldn't pick up my cell phone because I was <laughs> listening to the iPod. So she wanted to combine the two. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I thought the, yeah, the email was fun. I don't know. I thought they were cute. I did. <laughs> so I will admit I do like that. I think yeah. because James's writing style lends itself very well to email format. Yeah, I think she shined there nowhere else, really. But, no. like, the banter was cute. And when Anna was allowed to be witty and have a personality, I really thought she was funny. And I liked how she could push back to Christian. And mm-hmm. she wasn't, um, she, she, right, she had a lot of problems with, I think, inserting herself, asserting herself. Mm-hmm. But 
she could talk back to him. And I, sometimes it was funny. I really loved, I think probably my favorite Anastasia moment. They are having this fight over money because Christian forced her to sell her car because it is a death trap. And he's trying to insist on giving her the $24,000 he sold it for. And for some stupid reason, she doesn't want it. I don't. She's very strange about money. And to get back at him after he put the money into her account, she ends up bidding on this $24,000 Aspen getaway at a property he owns at a oh, charity. Right. yeah. Which is just really hilarious to me. I was like, okay, that is really funny trolling. Isn't that- Really stupid because it's her money. But you know what? If you're going to get back at him, that is a funny way to do it. Isn't that the trip that they end up going on? Yeah. It, yeah. Um, I- I think she did pay for it, but he yeah. kind of was joking about her because they're married at that point. So yeah. all of his money is her money. And I thought it was funny, too, that she could shoot and she knew some self-defense and he was knew nothing. <laughs> this is true. That was pretty good. I mean, there were some good points with her. And I think I especially appreciated Anastasia because in spite of all of her insecurity about Elena, she never let up that Elena was a monster. Yeah. It was disgusting and... Yeah, everybody else, I mean, Christian could minimize it as much as he liked, and he's valid to minimize, but Anna was constantly like, no, this was wrong. He was 15. He was 15 years old when she started this. Mm -hmm. So I loved that, that she was never, she never got persuaded to be like, oh, maybe it was good for him. Yeah. Do you want to move on to your rant about Elena? Well, really quick, though, do you, do you have any, do you have anything you liked about the book? I like I don't like the content of the book at all, but I do like what it did. Like I said in the last episode, I like what it did for romance publishing and for indie publishing, but that's about it. See, my, I think where we're differing with that, this very much felt like a KU book to me. And I've already read so many books with these obsessive heroes and these heroes that are controlling that I was kind of like, eh, whatever. It's just like a Kindle Unlimited book. Yeah. I so- mean, in real life. Obviously, this would be a major problem if you came to me and told me, hey, I'm dating Christian Grey and this is what he's like. I'd be horrified. <laughs> I would not, but first off. Book, but... <laughs> listen, in a book, I mean, I already know she's safe. Like, in real life, this is a true crime novel. Yeah. In romance, he's just going to give her a lot of money and a lot of headaches. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll take it. So I will say that if this... So it didn't age well, first off. It has not it aged very well. <laughs> it has not um, aged well. <laughs> it has not. But I also think that had this been written, because with Kindle Unlimited, a lot of the books that we see are quote-unquote modern. They're like, they're more in light of things like Me Too and of new wave feminism and of all these things that are going on right now. Whereas this book obviously existed in the microcosm of 2006 to 2011 <laughs> when it was like first written and published feels like alexa riley to me that's why i was like whatever it's an alexa riley See, i think alexa riley is better though i think she handles things better <laughs> and she writes her sex scenes way better oh you think this is better i don't know i didn't i think it's definitely a difference no, i'm in, saying alexa riley wrote her sex scenes better i get that but i'm like i don't know it was weird to me not to read the slang yeah i don't want to use the words because this is still a work podcast but that was very strange to here to miss out on certain words that i'm used to now that's the norm yeah so christian gray really felt like a frat boy to me where he's like (laughs) like i i'm not gonna i can't say the words again because it's a work it's a work podcast but like it does it start with duck boy yeah and he legit would be like the two pump chump and like Listen, (laughs) he thinks he's so hot. He wears his ball cap backwards and his like Adidas shorts. And he's like, yeah, I'm sex on a stick. I'm freaking Christian freaking gray. And I'm like, you're not even. No. I love that you 
that so much. I know you don't watch reality TV, but there's this there's a show called Vanderpump okay. Rules, and there's this cast member Charlie that talked about how much she hates this concept of soft hands. Oh my boy. god, <laughs> that is exactly yes. what Christian Grey is to me. I don't even need to find it. As soon as I'm like, yeah, he's a soft boy hand, like soft boy hands. You get it. <laughs> yes, that is that is what for all of his whining and crying. I'm such a monster. I was just like, shut up. Go to therapy. Get some better pills. You're not that bad. I mean, I think I really loved Anna in the beginning when he's just going on. You don't want to be with me. You don't want to be with me. And her first thought was, are you a Nazi? <laughs> Did you murder yes. somebody? And it ends up just being like, he likes some spanking. So what? Whatever. Shut up. And I was like, yeah, I'll try. I'll try some kink. I mean, I'm a virgin, but I'll try it. Yeah, hey, yeah. I know. So I thought that was really, he was so overblowing himself. It's very much have you ever met a person who has to talk about oh i'm so yes. powerful <laughs> yeah. and the more they talk about it the more you know they are not powerful they have like no power whatsoever over mm-hmm. anything that is very much christian yes. gray to me he is trying to exert control so his backstory since we didn't really touch on it too much he was um his mom his birth mother was mm-hmm. a, addicted to, addicted to crack yeah and she both abused him and her boyfriends physically abused him and I don't think they outright say it, but I think he was sexually abused as a child, too. Oh, I didn't catch up on that, aside from Elena. Usually, because he was so young. He was, like, three or four when he was taken. So the mom really neglected him. She was just off in her own world. The boyfriend would put out cigarettes on him, would beat him. Yeah, like he starved. That's yeah, why he's he, obsessed with food. Yeah, one of the things that was really sad, I think, even for Christian Grey, he was in the the room with his mom's dead body for like two days before anybody found him and stuff like that is really sad and really traumatic so when they finally rescued him he didn't speak for two years i think so for christian gray to go through that it is a traumatic backstory it's terrible and then he's adopted to the grays the like a very rich family um and they do what they can to help him they're actually a really good family and he has a decent upbringing after that until elena takes him under her wing all right i want to make this really clear because i don't want to be a jerk i totally understand why in the beginning of the series james had him view the abuse like he did i think it was something that really became his identity as a man and what he credits to his success and after being victimized at the hands of his mother and her boyfriend for so long there's no way he wants to feel that powerless and helpless as an adult so he minimizes and he reframes the abuse and he sees Elena as this person who helped him, who saved him, who taught him, as opposed to uh, his rapist who groomed him and took advantage of him at 15 years old. I just want to make that clear. 15 years old. The only detail we really learn from these books is uh, he came over to help clean her pool, do some chores, and he talked back to her. So she slapped him, kissed him, and then slapped him again. And that started this whole journey. Ugh, his- I felt sick when you said that. It was so gross. I Just know. Like, and-, and reading it is the same thing. Like, you feel yeah. physically ill when he says mm-hmm. that. So I totally understood because that happens to, to rape victims, I think. Uh, so I don't want to say that there's a right or a wrong way to deal or cope with your abuse. I think the way James built that, it did make sense that he wanted Elena still in his life and that they were business partners and friends, even though they weren't still sexually involved anymore. I kept thinking the entire time I was reading this about, uh, I can't say either of their last names, but Mary Kay, the teacher who abused, uh, I think he's, it's pronounced V, V-I-I. Um, Remember he was a 12-year-old student and she ended up having two daughters with him? 
There have been so many of those stories. I'm not even sure which one you're talking about. So this was like the really big one. Mary Kay Luardi, whatever. She was in her 30s. He was 12. She had two children with him. And they did end up marrying after she got out of jail. And they had a very long relationship together. But when he grew up, he gave an interview that he talked about, you know, I didn't really understand what was what was wrong about this until I was her age as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes a very long time sometimes to come to terms with this. My problem is... This would have been fine if the book had ever truly cast Elena in the role of the villain. Mm-hmm. If Christian understood this, this, this was an adult who took advantage of him and that it was abuse no matter how he justified it later. Uh, I texted Jackie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably one of my biggest text chains to Jackie about how much I really wanted Anastasia to shoot Elena in the face. <laughs> that would have been my happy ending. That is usually my happy ending for all rapists. Bell it to the face. Uh, instead, it was this really half-hearted kind of exposure yeah and this half-hearted confrontation and christian does end up cutting elena out but there's also like he helps her against her abusive husband by the way i hate that they made her a battered wife but i think i think i'm not shaming christian for adopting that particular mindset to help him cope I do blame E.L. James for not coming down more strongly on male sexual abuse being a real problem. And I think with how popular this book was, especially at the time, I mean, 2011, we view sexual assault so differently back then than we do now. I mean, there's been some forwardness, but not enough. I think there could have been a lot of good in having Elena come to some kind of stronger conclusion or justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like uh, getting shot in the face. (laughs) When I was reading through some of the reviews, I think there's still a lot of people that don't get what a crime this was. And there's even some people that are kind of like, well, you can't boil it down to just rape. She really helped him. (laughs) But honestly, it's so gross to say that Christian had to go through this abuse in order to become successful. And you know what? If some universe that is true, he it still shouldn't have happened. And he should have just become a normal, regular, well-adjusted guy as opposed to this really tortured billionaire. Yeah. And that is my Elena rant because I really wanted her to die. I know. That's so sad, Jackie. Like they had to make this big deal about Jack, and Elena is right there. That was the thing too. So I was trying to draw parallels, obviously, between everything that happened in Twilight and everything that happened in here, and I was I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of a character in Twilight that was parallel to Elena. Oh, uh, I mean, Edward had that weird woman who was kind of obsessed with him from alaska but right but that was layla in 50 shades oh okay yeah i guess that was just el james weird thing so that was really interesting to me that that was what she chose to inject that was her original storyline and i get like we said we needed to have some way for christian gray obviously to move past his childhood and for him to be introduced into the bdsm community which he isn't even in the real necessarily real bdsm community it's performative bdsm is what he does okay yeah i feel like they would make fun of him seriously they do make fun of him (laughs) nobody wants christian gray in their group no listen his red room of pain they all like (laughs) did you hear what christian gray thought he did (laughs) lol (laughs) um but it was just really interesting to me that this was what el james decided to go forward with and the fact that she came up with this original storyline oh she's got really really hate elena so much that was that really ruined the book for me yeah it was already ruined that especially just nailed the nail yeah and thinking (laughs) about 
about it further now, it's like, yes, I hate Christian Grey, but thinking about it now, the fact that E.L. James, this was the backstory that she came up with that she yeah. invented as a writer and Not that she sees no real issue with. Yeah. I'm like I can't support no. that. I really no. can't. We should not glorify no. this in any way, shape, or form. No. If she had, again, if she had made it a real problem with a real solution, cool. But she failed to do that. So yeah. for me, that's why the third book was my least favorite. Because yeah. it made no conclusion to Elaine. And Elena, whatever. Dumb person. <laughs> I don't want to say your name right. That person. Do you have any final thoughts on her? No, I just don't. I don't like it. And I really, I do want to say that the way it's written in some way, it can make it seem like BDSM is the reason, the reason why Mm -hmm. Elena introduced, I know it makes it almost seem like BDSM is a bad thing. And also the continued fact that Anna is like, oh no, we just need vanilla sex. We don't need all of that. And I'm like, so I can understand where someone like Christian Grey, who has had a tragic backstory like Christian Grey can find a community with the BDSM practice because it does grant a certain amount of control and it grants the ability to cope in a different way, especially when they've been abused or where they have had control taken away from them like Christian did when he was a child. For them to be able to find something where they can exert outright control in a quote-unquote safe manner and in a consenting way I think it could be it could be really healing and I don't like how in the book it makes it seem like it's a bad thing it makes it seem like he's going overboard and it makes him seem like BDSM is just not the correct answer I actually wanted to make a comment I've read some other reviews and I feel like she also goes about though saying BDSM is only for people that were traumatized Mm. So I don't think I don't think that's anything that people in that community appreciate. Mm-hmm. So I think that is something to be considered of too. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So Christian Gray just sucked at a lot of things. Can I tell you what actually really did genuinely piss me about piss me off about Christian Gray? Please. Aside from the the reaction to the pregnancy, I hated that he had the submission photos. I thought that was so gross. Oh yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if they knew he had it, but for the him to be like, oh, this is insurance, I was like, oh, early revenge born. Ah, ah. And I mean, we just got done talking about Jack Hyde and how he yeah. had videos that he used as blackmail. I mean, yeah. this is the same thing. Not a good detail to put in for James. No. It was That was especially gross. I did not like that. I hated that was probably my most like gross feeling towards Christian Grey. Let's move on because we obviously have a lot of feelings and we can talk about this a lot longer. Let's talk about the contract. So, because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there. I'm like, so mm, I actually kind of like the idea of having these perimeters and these boundaries set up in advance. Because I wonder if that's something a lot of couples don't do in general. I mean, I feel like everybody has communication problems. So I appreciate that he's putting all of this stuff on paper ahead of time to create expectations and to ensure like things happen the way that everybody's comfortable with. I don't necessarily like what he put in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it is kind of interesting to think about you know let's sit down with a new boyfriend and be like this is what i like this is what i don't like and this is what i expect of you but here's the thing is that it wasn't meant as him to necessarily be a boyfriend he just wanted someone to enter into a dom sub relationship with a sexual relationship that was all he wanted 
I just wanted to show a little good light. Like, okay, maybe we should all have, not contracts, but just, I wish that was more normalized of like more open communication. I definitely do not appreciate most of the content. I thought I would put one positive spin on it. You said you read um, an article by a lawyer who actually went through and read the contract. What did she have to say? There's this really interesting book, 50 Writers on 50 Shades. And it's literally what it sounds like. It's just 50 people reacting to 50 Shades. And one of these people was a lawyer who who read the books and took a really dark, like deep look at the contract. And she was pretty clear that you can't really have a contract around sexual things, but if this was a real thing, if Anna really was her client, there were certain things that Anna did really right. There were certain things that Christian was maybe too broad over and could have been reined in a little bit. I thought it was really interesting that she was nervous about how often Anna made decisions or discussions with Christian when she was had recently just had sex with him or was intoxicated by his presence. I thought it was interesting that her advice to Anna would have been to have had this in like a business setting where they're both calm. They haven't been drinking. They haven't had any like prior contact and discuss this like point by point in kind of a sober way. Don't they? Maybe I'm conflating the movie with the book this, but because I obviously I skimmed everything because I hate red. So I skimmed. I only Um, just read the book this week. So I'm very fresh. In the movie, there's a whole scene where they go like so after he introduces her to the contract for the first time he's like read it over and come and then they have sex and then afterwards she's like okay let's set up a business meeting we're gonna sit down we're gonna go over this contract um but then they go over each thing point by point i feel like it's also in the book because they talk about hard limits but i think it's more a thing like between emails and then when they do so that's not exactly what the lawyer meant she wants like a sober solemn business meeting not Anna in a sexy dress and with wine and well no that's what so in like it's like in the movie it is an actual like business meeting where they sit down at a board table in a board meeting and they like she he tries to like do you want dinner and she goes no this is a business meeting and like she takes out her highlighters and she goes part one section a no (laughs) Maybe that kind of maybe that happens more in email, and that's what I'm remembering. Yeah, because I remember the email stuff better than the book stuff. I like the email. Yeah, fair enough. But I so I guess I do like that about the movie where she does like she she sits down and they have like an open open ish conversation about like this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Anal, no. <laughs> it was funny though just to see the lawyer's opinion and be like where I would have advised Anna to have either asked for more or to have pushed a little harder on this point of like the how often she should be there or that she should have had in writing as opposed to just christian's verbal agreement Mm -hmm. that she could talk to kate yeah or she should be able to go to a doctor whenever she says she wants to not just at christian's discretion yeah so it's kind of interesting and the contract ended up not mattering very much no. since Christian was very much like, let's forget about it. I just want you. For it's so. being such a big thing. It's just like thrown yeah. out the window at the first convenient opportunity. And I'm like, oh my I God. I almost wonder what a story with them would have been like if they had taken it more seriously in the beginning. Yeah. But I, I don't need to know that AU. Did you read Grey? Because I didn't. I'm going to. Okay. So that's something I'm very embarrassed about myself. I actually am really interested in seeing the movies and reading Christian Grey's POV. I don't know why. I think it's just because I really like when men are miserable. <laughs> and he seems so miserable all the time. And I really want to see how sad he was when Anna le- lefts, leaves him the first time. Okay. And then when she when he thinks he's going to leave her again. 
I really I kind of like that because okay. I'm maybe I'm secretly sadist or sadist and I just like it when men are suffering well in the next episode we'll have to come back and see um we'll ask you your opinion after you've watched the movies in red yeah, gray yeah. and we'll see mm-hmm. what you say yeah maybe we'll have a little update in future episodes on if I hate it yet or not yeah, okay. I don't like it about myself and I should say we're also reading this for um, our book club this month, which by the time this episode comes out, we'll already have had the book club. But um, so it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of those members haven't read the book either. And some are actually refusing to read it. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. It'll be very interesting just in general. We've got a lot of interesting things coming up. This book is an interesting discussion. How many One times can I you wanna... say interesting? <laughs> uh, I could say it a lot because I don't want to use the other adjectives I'm thinking of. Fair enough. Okay. What else? What other big things? Like, briefly. So, give me a list of what else you want to talk about. Okay. So, I was really super mad at all the times Anna was jealous or insecure, be- okay. mostly because of Leela, because Layla. Layla, whatever, because she just went on this tailspin, and I'm like, this woman is having a psychotic break. Christian is not going to leave you for her. True. Okay. Calm next. down. What's your next point? I hated that the pregnancy was so early because mm-hmm. the girl's only 22. Let her live. Yeah. And then and again, like I said, like, why can abortion be a thing? Uh, Christian secrecy. I hate when yep. authors do this, when there is such plot points around miscommunication in the sense of, I don't want to worry you. So I can't tell you we're in danger. I think she would have been a lot more reasonable about things if she had known she was in danger. I don't think a lot of people want to put themselves at risk. There, so we really kind of skimmed over this. Gray really, really wanted to fire Jack for Anna. Mm-hmm. And it was seen as like this jealousy thing. Fine, whatever. But Anna kept refusing. And this really pissed me off. Because you already know he's a gross guy. Anna is already having really bad feelings about him. But she keeps insisting, no, I can handle it. I should be able to put up with it. First of all, it's really sad that that uh, is a thing that women have to deal with and have to kind of internalize as being, no, I can put up with it. But if you are sleeping with the boss and have a relationship with the boss, just get rid of all the gross guys. This is true. I hate how women in these books, they don't think big enough. They're always, oh, no, I can handle it. I can handle it. Listen, he is not just gross to you. He is gross to probably every single woman in, in view. Just get rid of them have a whole trial put every single man on on blast just toss all of them out i don't know why people are so like oh you can't interfere i can handle it you shouldn't even have to handle it he should have been gone before you got there so exert some power get rid of just like Ah, go away well especially this is another instance of how this did not age well because in the age of me too this would no 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 hopefully he would be I guess it would depend, but ho- he would have a much better shot at being gone if there's all these creepy rumors. If people are just like, it gives me a bad feeling. So I don't understand why people aren't like, yeah, please fire him. He, he's gross, and I'm sure he's gross to lots of women. Well, so, so that I hate it. To compare to another book, which is a thousand times better, Lissa K. Adams' The Bromance Book Club. Mm-hmm. Undercover yeah. Bromance was written like in reaction to Me Too. And yeah. by the way, we have some exciting news coming up. Um, we're not going to announce it just yet, but... It's a little teaser. Uh, we got news. You should definitely <laughs> listen to uh, next couple episodes because we have some <laughs> exciting things happening. But okay. Anyways, Undercover Bromance was written in reaction and includes Me Too, where basically the heroine's boss is uh, sexually harassing her and a lot of other women in the workplace. And people have actually quit. Women have actually quit because he sexually harasses them. And the heroine stands up. She's like, no, I am not standing for this. We are going to go undercover. We're going to kick his ass. We're going to get him ousted. And the guy is like, 
I got you. Snaps for you. Let's do this. Okay. So See, thank God for Alyssa K. Adams because I have been waiting for a heroine to be like, let's get rid of the gross guys. Yeah. Let's not put up with it. I know I'm not judging people who've put up with it in real life. I've had to put up with it. Everybody's had to put up with it. But in romance, I want this to be the time where I'm like, no, I'm with Christian Grey. I'm going to make Christian Grey handle this for me because it should have already been handled. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. The other time, um, there was one time Grey ignored Anna's no. Uh, it seems like he stopped every other time except that one where she was, I think, just overwhelmed and emotional. And he was still very like, no, let me sleep with you. And she was like, fine. <laughs> but otherwise, he was pretty good. I heard a lot that he ignored safe words, but he seemed pretty good about safe words to me. Yeah, I think I just really hated all the sex scenes in these books. Okay. See, I didn't mind. I was like, whatever. I thought a lot of her inner goddess stuff was super annoying. Oh, that God, was probably yes. the And then I have one final question for you, Jackie, okay. if I skip all the other stuff. Okay. I was thinking this whole time while I'm reading it, this isn't as bad as Flame in the Flower. No. And if you guys missed my Flame in the Flower rant, you sh- it's it's not a, it's available. So oh, I did want to just it's right? on YouTube. If you go yeah. to NOPL on YouTube, it is there. We'll talk about it briefly in a in a couple minutes. But go ahead, Jen. But one of the things that I wondered about and that really reminded me of Flame in the Flower was this idea that if the heroine wanted it too much and if she liked it too much, then she would be bad. Mm. Because when I thought about Flame and the Flower and the heroine had to be raped, according to the author, because she's she's into sex, that's way worse than any crime the hero is committing. And I'm wondering, with all of Anna's insecurity and all of her fear and all of her pushback and the way she was constantly like, I like this, but I hate this, but I like this, but I hate this. Do you think Anna needed to be the same way? Where if she wasn't as scared, if she was more like, all right, I'm confident. I want to try this. I'm not going to be a good girl. I'm going to go head first into all of these new experiences, these new sexual adventures. I'm going to be really excited and happy. Do you think the book would have resonated as much with people as they did? Or did she need to be insecure and kind of keep like that good girl, virginal kind of image? I think to me, this is where the book fails me. One of the points where the book fails me, let's be honest. Because... James, I think, was trying to write this sex-forward heroine, this very, like, I'm open to trying anything. Let's do this. You know, I'm here. Let's, yeah, I'm a virgin, but who cares? Let's go ahead. Let's do this. I could be into this, too. She tries to write that. But in the end, she keeps coming back to that instance of, like you said, the heroine doesn't necessarily want it, where she's continually afraid of Christian, and she's, like, they fall into these very (laughs) old sex roles. And she does a lot of the stuff for Christian, not for herself. Yeah. So James, I think, was trying. And that's why a lot of people are saying, oh, this is so, like, unique and such a sex forward and sex positive book. And I'm like, in reality, no, it really hasn't come that far. And that's, again, where we talk about how the book hasn't aged well. If Fifty Shades were written today, modern, like – as a KU, I think it could be pretty good. I think it, you know, it wouldn't be the most best. It wouldn't be a Ruby Dixon. Let's just say that. (laughs) But it wouldn't be something that I would hate. I mean, yeah, I would read it and probably give it three out of five stars on Goodreads. You did. I did the first time I read it in 2011. I went back and I gave it one star. (laughs) Oh, wow. I gave the second book two stars because like I said, I don't mind the second book. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think that it tried and it just fell way short of the mark. Mm -hmm. 
So I can tell you I will not be rereading Fifty Shades as much as I'm still interested to see how it goes with Gray's point of view. I mean, I'm kind of good. I will be finding a better KU book that has some of the things I liked about Fifty Shades and does not have the stuff that really, really made me crazy. There's definitely better books out there for BDSM and even for obsessed heroes like Christian Gray, where he's not quite as mood swingy. Yeah. And as mean as he is when she gets pregnant and some of these other things but i'll link a couple in the show notes for you just so you can like explore a couple other options that are better i'm not going to tell people not to read 50 shades yeah i just think don't let this be your only experience don't let this be your only judgment of erotic fiction erotic romance of romance in general uh i do appreciate 50 shades for what it did for publishing and what it's done for romance but uh, take it with a grain of salt yeah uh we like to say in librarianship, <laughs> every book, it's reader, every reader, their book. And this yeah. will be the book for some readers. And I'm sorry that we yeah. hate out on it so much, but it's just obviously not the book for us. For some mm-hmm. people, it is. And if it is, great. I'm happy you found a book that you really like. And, you know, there are worse things out there that you could be reading. Yeah. I think that was my big thing. I spent the weekend reading dark Peter Parker fan fiction where he oh, rapes God. the reader. And I'm like, oh, this God. isn't that bad. This oh, God. <laughs> Jen, what are you reading? <laughs> Listen, it's quarantine. I'm going through some stuff. Okay, Leave me alone. Fine. That's fine. I, that. I think that's a good note to end this discussion on. <laughs> Can always be worse, guys. Yeah. Oh, just, okay. So since we're done with the Fifty Shades, thank you, Fifty Shades. We're done with you. I never have to look at you again. Cool. Okay. Um. Oh, except for the book club. Shoot. But that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> Send us an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want more books to read that are like Fifty Shades, or you just want to completely prove us wrong about our opinions of Fifty Shades, ragingromantics at gmail.com. We love it. Just warn me ahead of time. I need a safe word. Well, so I should say that I'm the one who answers all the emails and then I forward (laughs) them to Jen. So if you say something mean, I just won't forward it to her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so delicate. I bruise really easy. Jen, what are we doing next month? Do you remember? Oh my god, we are doing Regency! It's going to be really great. We love Regency. We have lots of opinions on Regency. And right now the whole world loves Regency. Regency. Regency (laughs) because of Bridgerton. So yes. And we have some feelings about Bridgerton in general. We do. So we'll talk about Bridgerton's. We'll also talk about one of our other favorite authors, Tessa Dare. And I will give you a lovely history lecture because I'm a history nerd. Can't wait. Bring some popcorn. Yes. Make some time. First Friday in March. Make sure to tune in. And also remember, we have some exciting news we're going to announce next month. (gasps) Okay. On that note, thanks, guys. Thanks for putting up with us for our Fifty Shades discussion and with all of our other nonsense throughout our podcasts. Yes. Thank you. We love and appreciate you. Uh, Make good choices. Do not be Christian Grey. (laughs) (laughs) Encourage open communication, guys. Exactly. I don't know what other lessons I've learned. All right, Jen, what do we always say? Rage on! Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>